0: Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and today we are talking about something that you cannot hide from, you cannot run away from it, you cannot pretend it's not there because it will find you. If you are doing business online, then you've got to come face-to-face with criticism. Worse yet, even criticism from strangers. It's just something that you're going to have to deal with, although I can give you some tips and tricks to deal with it in a graceful way that will actually save your sanity and your overall well-being, and you can actually turn that criticism into something more productive for you in your business. So that's what we're going to be talking about on today's episode, and I'm going to share some personal experiences with criticism that I've had to deal with and share with you how I've dealt with it in hopes that that will inspire you as well when you come face to face with it. All right. So let's go ahead and jump in to today's episode. When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. The other day, I was in one of my private Facebook groups for my program, Courses That Convert, and all my students in there are creating digital courses. One of my students, Gina, posted this. She said, three weeks until my launch, and I've been trolled, and I've had my course name pulled apart all in the space of just two hours. I'm feeling very low. And as I read that, I thought, you know what? The sad truth is that these trolls are not new to the online marketing space. Unfortunately, they come with the territory. However, even though you can't change the existence of these trolls, you can change how you react to them. And for that matter, you can change how you react to any criticism that comes your way. And the truth is that not all criticism is going to come from these trolls. Most of it is going to come from your audience, your clients, your students that have good intentions, but their delivery is likely just a little bit off. So we've got to deal with criticism as it comes our way when we're building an online business. When I worked at corporate, I got criticism in the form of, quote, feedback. So every six months we would get these performance reviews and I would get feedback feedback about ways to improve my style of managing people, feedback about how I'm showing up at the live events, or feedback about what I was creating inside of the content that we would put on stage or inside the digital products or anything like that. So I would get feedback a lot. And that just came with the territory of being in corporate. However, when you build your business online, oh, that's a whole different type of feedback, or let's just give it the right word, criticism, from total strangers to people that you're trying to help, but they just seem to have a lot of opinions. That's the funny thing about doing business online. It feels like everybody and their brother has an opinion about what you're doing. And I think it goes without saying that we've got to just develop thick skin. But coming from a girl that's pretty sensitive, that's easier said than done. And the truth is that when you build a business online, people are not just giving you criticism or feedback about how you're showing up, but they're also giving you feedback about how you look, or how you sound, or how you show up in video, or your messaging, or your website, or there's like a million other things that they might want to give you feedback, criticism, or just their opinion about. So today, I want to talk about the three-point approach I use when dealing with feedback or criticism. And I, again, am guilty of taking things too personally or allowing some of that feedback to just sting. And I think we're human, so that's normal. But I want to talk about some of my own experiences and how I've dealt with it because I think I've gotten better over the years. So the goal here is to give you some tips and tricks to allow you to bounce back from some of that criticism a whole lot faster than you may be doing now. Or if you haven't gotten any criticism yet, believe me, it will come. I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat it. So I want you to be ready when it happens. So let's go ahead and dive into my first approach for criticism that I've got for you today. And this one is best explained with a story. So last year, I offered an opportunity for some of my students to participate in a small group coaching program with me. I was experimenting with a new idea, and I opened it up to just a small segment of my list. That small segment was a list of people that were students of one of my specific courses. So one woman got wind of my beta test, but she was not included as part of this small segment that got invited to the opportunity and she was furious with me. She sent in a scathing email about the fact that she had been in two of my other courses for a very long time. She had been a B-School bonus member with me, so she actually attended one of my live events in San Diego. She had been on my email list from the very beginning, and she was an avid listener of my podcast. She was a raving fan and a paying student, and she just couldn't believe that she wasn't included in this special beta small group coaching opportunity. And when I read her email, I started to think she's right. She should have been included. Why would I ever exclude anybody? How could I do this? And my immediate reaction was just to feel terrible. And I thought, I've got to make this situation better. So I recorded her a personal video. And in it, I apologized and apologized. I told her she's right. She should have been invited. I'm so sorry. I had to segment the list because I was doing just a beta test and I couldn't invite everybody, but I'm going to make an exception for her. So I'm inviting her into this special small group coaching program with open arms. I'd love to have her. And so she took me up on the opportunity. And when she showed up into this online small group, she was terrible. She felt very entitled that she was meant to be there and she should be there, and she was really difficult. She completely threw off the entire vibe of the group and almost actually ruined it. She just had a terrible attitude, and her scathing email that she sent me was basically her real personality. She just comes across really harsh. And so she made the experience tough for me and for those involved. And essentially, I realized I had fed the monster. I had encouraged her to behave that way with me. You know that saying that we teach people how to treat us? Well, I really do believe by me giving in and making that video and apologizing, I just fed the monster. So here's what I should have done and what I've since done moving forward as different situations like this have come about since this one incident. And that is that I should have handled her criticism of the way I was operating my program with grace and elegance. And let's talk about how that might look. To me, if you handle criticism with grace and elegance, that means that you first have to show up really clear on what you stand for. After the fact, I realized what I should have done is I should have stood up for myself and my decision. I was clear as to why I was only inviting a segment to this beta test. I knew that it had to be a small group. I knew that I wanted that group to come from one of my programs, and I knew that I would learn a lot from those students, and I could make the program bigger and better if I just took a small segment and I experimented first. I knew why I was doing it, but I wasn't standing with confidence in that decision. So the first bit of criticism I got, and I crumbled. So here's my advice. The next time you make a big decision that could possibly sway people to get frustrated with you or have a lot of opinions or even criticize you for doing what you're doing, I want you to get really clear about why you're doing it and why you're making the decision that you're making, and then actually even create a little bit of language around it in case somebody questions what you're doing online or they think it's a terrible idea and they tell you so. I think it's important to explain to your audience why you're doing what you're doing, but it doesn't mean that they have to agree with it. You just need to stand in confidence of the decision that you're making. The other thing is be ready for criticism. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't think about how people might react. And so the first person that came at me with some nasty response and I wasn't ready to handle it. And so be prepared mentally that it will happen, have some language around it if you want to communicate with your audience, which I don't think is a bad idea. And then from there, I want you just to stand your ground And again, articulate why you are doing what you're doing. I think over-communicating with our audiences, our students, our clients is not a bad idea. They come to us for knowledge and for know-how and for us to teach them whatever it is we're teaching. So they look to us for that. And so I think it's only fair that when we make decisions that could possibly affect them, that we give the why behind it. But that's all. That's all you need to do. And if they're still not happy, well, then that's about them, not about you. You've done what you need to do. You're moving on. And speaking of moving on, let's move on to criticism tip number two. I named this one Get In There. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that sometimes you have to confront the criticism head on. Now, confronting it head on is a little bit different in this example than the example I just gave you. So let me tell you another story to paint the picture. I have two students in my Courses That Convert program, Hillary and Shannon, and they are about to launch their program called Relaunch Love, which helps divorced professional women over 40 get back into the dating game. So they just started running Facebook ads a few weeks ago, and they ran ads to an article they wrote that expressed the number one mistake most women make on a date. And they talk about letting your date talk more. Well, the comments of that ad were (laughs) abundant, to say the least. So I'm going to read you some of them. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/madeeasy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com/madeeasy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That shopify.com/madeeasy Lynn said, why would anybody want to be asked out on a date with a guy who didn't ask them a single question? I wouldn't go out with him even if he did call me back. Michelle says, not to mention that the article starts off badly telling women what they shouldn't do on a date. Do what you want and be yourself. If it doesn't work out, it's because you weren't compatible. Don't change who you are for anyone. And then Susan just says, this is a stupid article. Yeah. Those were just a few of the comments that Shannon and Hillary saw from their blog post article when they were running ads to it. So at first the ladies were taken aback and then they realized they had to jump in and take on those comments head on, which is exactly what they did. This is what they said. Thanks for the great feedback. Please, please, please know that we aren't suggesting you spend your precious time with a man that isn't attentive and interested in getting to know you. What we are saying is that we know so many women who do an amazing job carrying the conversation on a date and fall into the rabbit hole of asking 20 questions about him. The problem is that at the end of the date, he hasn't gotten to know you better Enjoy the date, relax, and let the guy worry about keeping the conversation going. Now, I think that response was absolutely fantastic. The fact that your content is resonating with an audience, striking a nerve even, is a good thing. Now, these commenters may not be buyers in the long run because they may not be able to see a different point of view or a new method, but you want your content to strike a nerve sometimes. And then if it does, you have to take on those hecklers or those people that just flat out disagree with you. I actually think that's a good thing. It's all in how you show up. So be very mindful of that when you see criticism that you know you can offer a different perspective. Okay, so now let's move on to the third and final approach to criticism. And this one is a little bit more of a humble take. So number three, sometimes you can learn from the criticism. I've got one more story for you. I had a comment come in through a direct message on Instagram And the guy said something along the lines of, hey, you should stop coming across so salesy in your Insta story videos. It's really off-putting and you can just be normal on video. Yikes. So his approach was terrible, if you ask me. I think the way he gave me the, quote, feedback was really rude. However, it's interesting because just the day before, Chloe, my project manager, was recording some videos for me for InstaStories, and she actually said, you know what, Amy? Try a video where you're a little less excited. You're a little bit more conversational, like you were just talking to me, inviting me to come on one of your masterclasses. So she said, tone it down a little bit. And I did so, and I really saw the difference. One, I did sound a little bit like salesy, like, hey, have you signed up for my webinar? And the other one was more like, hey, I've got an idea for you that could be really valuable if you're struggling with XYZ. I've got a masterclass. So I instantly saw the difference, and I changed the way of doing the videos, and it really did make a difference. So the way Chloe approached it with me and the way this guy approached it online, very different. However, I knew that what he had to say was actually really valuable. So sometimes you have to sift through the delivery of the criticism and ask yourself, well, could this be true? Could I actually learn from this? Because you're actually doing yourself a huge disservice if you just discount every bit of feedback and criticism coming your way. So I tell you this because there's a fine line, I want you to walk. And I know that's a little bit tricky. I want you to be able to take the criticism and the stuff that really doesn't apply to you. I want you just to brush it off. Easier said than done, but that's what I want you to do. I want you to address it head on when it's necessary. I want you to stand in confidence with the decisions you're making and explain the why when it's important. And I want you to be open-minded when some of that feedback could be really helpful to you. Because I appreciate that guy saying something. I just wish he'd be a little bit more tactful. So that actually leads me to the wrap up here. And that is that before I go, I want to talk to you about how you deliver criticism. Because if we can get better with how we deliver criticism, then maybe some good karma will come our way and people will get a little bit better with giving us the criticism as well. Now, a little disclosure about me giving feedback and criticism, I'm on the whole other spectrum of this in the sense that I actually am a people pleaser and I don't like giving criticism to anybody. But the problem is I might sugarcoat something and that's a huge disservice, especially if I'm giving feedback to my team. So regardless if I'm sugarcoating it or this other guy is saying it in a really rude way, I don't think either of those approaches are helpful. So I started to be really mindful of the feedback and criticism that I would be giving to, let's say, someone on my team or a friend that asked me for my feedback or advice. So here's how I do it. I always start with what's great, so I give a genuine compliment or I acknowledge something that's going well based on the situation. Then I give pointed feedback about what can be improved, and I make sure to be really specific, not wishy-washy at all. I want to be clear in what I want, which I think is just as important as being honest. Then I ask for feedback. So if I'm talking to my team, I'll say, okay, was that clear? Am I making sense? How does that feel? I want it to be clear, and I want to walk away from the conversation where the person that I just gave the feedback to is not feeling defensive, but they feel like, all right, I could take that. I can do something with it. They don't have to be super happy about it, but they have to feel that it was productive. And so that's my goal walking away from any situation like this. And you might have a totally different approach to how you deliver criticism, and that is perfectly fine. I just want you to be very mindful in terms of how you deliver criticism because it is definitely a two-way street. And I wanted to create this episode because we give criticism and we get criticism. And I think you need to be very mindful of how you approach both. So thank you so very much for being here with me today. I cannot wait to connect with you again next week. I hope to see you there. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I cannot wait to connect with you again next week. Bye for now.